Hello, this is Christian Bush, and welcome to episode six of Geeking Out, my new podcast. Every episode is a new person talking about what they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with their job. The only requirement is that they're totally geeking out on it and they want to talk about it. From Mickey Mouse backpacks to knockoff Yeti highball glasses, from do-it-yourself guitar pedals to CrossFit achievement tattoos, from indoor bouldering to collecting 70s lunchboxes, tell me about what you love, why you love it, how you got into it, and what makes it awesome. Every episode's presented in three chapters. Chapter one, my guest and I talk about what they're obsessed with. Chapter two is a game I call Trajan, where my guest and I turn each other on to one thing that we've discovered. And chapter three closes the show with me talking about music that I'm currently geeking out on and why. I believe that curiosity is contagious and that life is better with a soundtrack. So let's go. Chapter one. Today's guest is Ruth Bennett, who works as an assistant for a writer and an executive producer in the TV and film business. She's a proud Michigander who splits her time between L.A. and Nashville. She loves dogs, and her laugh is completely contagious. My producer Whitney and I went to her apartment in Santa Monica to talk about her obsession, which you can probably guess based on the music that's playing right now. Everybody, Ruth Bennett. Yay! Yay. <laughs> okay, where are we? We are in Santa Monica, California, in my apartment. Yes, yeah. and we're in the flight path. Of the Santa Monica airport, so, yeah. Of the Santa Monica airport. Annoying planes. Well, here comes one now. Yay! There it is. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Um, and so what do you? what is it that you do for a living? I am an assistant to an executive producer, writer, director in the entertainment sheet. Television, film, yeah. And what what is that? What is does that mean that you do everything? Um, <laughs> that means well, most of my day is spent watching television, movie, reading scripts, reading books that are potential projects coming in for her, giving her my thoughts, ideas. If there's a project going on, setting meetings, scheduling, also doing things like watching her dogs, like literally doing it all, so she can focus on what she needs to. And what would you be obsessed with that you would like to confess at this time? <laughs> Welcome to the confessional. <laughs> well, I will confess, and I'm proud. Like, I don't need to hide in a confessional. Like, I'm out loud and proud about it. But I'm a huge Friends fan and have been since day one. I know it's 20 bazillion years old, but I still watch at least an hour of Friends every day. It's comforting. It's part of my routine. I cannot get through a day without an episode of Friends. So, yeah. I, a lot of people, I mean, I don't discuss it with people, but I would. <laughs> I'll but readily admit it. just started. It. Yes. <laughs> I mean, clearly <laughs> I'll talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> clearly we'll talk about it on a podcast. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just to be clear for people that are maybe too young to understand this, mm -hmm. uh, this is Friends the TV show. Yes, Friends the TV show, the ensemble, which is actually playing in the background right now because I thought it was appropriate when you guys came over. That I would be playing. Let the record show that Ruth is watching <laughs> the episode over my shoulder yeah. <laughs> while I'm actually facing her. Kind of. I have done it in bed before, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
have it on the background. And, really and which episode is this that we're watching, Ruth? Uh, this is the Halloween episode, I believe, of season eight. When, when did this begin? Did oh. it begin during the original seasons? Oh, or? yeah, right away. Because it came out when I was a freshman in college. And, wow, because I'm old. And kids today don't know how this goes, but like when I went to school, you know, when I went to college, you know, like communal TVs were like a thing, or there were big shows and it was appointment television. You weren't going to watch it if you didn't catch it. So, and this was one of the things where all the girls on my floor, we would all be like, oh yeah, we're going to watch Friends Thursday nights. And so it was like a thing. It was very relatable. And we all, you know, wanted to live in New York when we were done with theater school. So we were like, yeah, I want that apartment. That'll be part of my life. So, yeah, that's right from the beginning. Hooked. Yeah, and I do think that's a good point, that back in the day, kids, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you didn't have a VCR with you at college, you had to find the TV in the dorm communal room. Oh, yeah. And you had to watch it. By the time it was going to air. Yeah, we used to all gather around for Beverly Hills 90210. Yes, yes. And Melrose Place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. The same type of thing. So Friends was that for us. Yeah. When did you start to realize that this was something beyond just maybe being a fan of a TV show? Like it would be any other TV show you watched? Um, well, I think because now, 25 years later, I'm still watching it. I know every episode by heart. Like I know what's going to come up next. I know the punchlines. Yet I still, I literally watch it every day. So I think, and maybe... When it was ending, you know, I remember as a kid, like, shows would end. Like, I remember MASH ending, and it was very sad, and it was like a, you know, clearly, I do work in television, so television is important. But I remember so vividly, like, the lead up to the end of Friends, like, how emotionally, like, upset, like, they were on Oprah together, and they would do all of these interviews, and I would be, like, crying. Like, I was having, like, anxiety and panic attack that Friends was ending, and that I wasn't going to be able to watch it. Yeah, I was living with Rebecca, my best friend Rebecca, Um, and we both, and it was, and so I just knew then, like, I was really affected. (laughs) Like, it was, I was affected by it, and so, Yeah. So it's slowly just been a slow burn or something you, that I can't get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Did, did you own them on all the different mediums? Like, did you own the episodes? What, what, how did you first start to rewatch them? Um, well, you know, it's been on syndication on TBS. And, oh, wow, that's like buzz marketing for them. But it's always been on syndication. TV land, TBS, and it's always come back. And yes, I did have DVDs for a really long time now, over the course of time, because I've cut everything down. Like, I have only my favorite CDs left. Um, I don't have them anymore, but yep, I had. But you also had to buy them per season, and because I've been so broke over the course of my life, like, I've never had a whole friend set. I've only ever purchased, like, seasons that I wanted. Uh, Yeah, so I've had (laughs) that as well. If you had to pick a favorite Friends season, uh-huh. which one is it? Um, they made ten seasons all together, and season eight is my absolute favorite. My favorite arc, like the three storylines, like when I am low and I just need to like recharge my batteries or I just need something to make me feel good, I will watch the three-episode arc of when Rachel... When they all figure out that Ross is Rachel's baby's dad, right? So, and that is called, no, these ones I do know. That is the one with the red sweater. 
And then the one after that is the one where Rachel tells. So that's the one where Ross finds out. And then the one after that is the one with the videotape, which is hands down my favorite Friends episode ever. Like, yeah, it's the bomb. And it shows how Emma came to be, <laughs> which is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, do you, has this happened with other TV shows? Or is no. it uniquely, like, this is... No, no. Um, Sex in the City... Uh, for a while, I was watching that, but that was because I did not watch Sex and the City as it was happening. I didn't couldn't afford HBO, so I was a little behind the curve on that one. It wasn't something that I watched all the way through and was a fan of from the start. Though I have gone back and I do appreciate it and have watched it several times. But again, nothing, nothing has comforted me. Nothing is friends. That leads me to the Sex and the City correlation. Leads me to yes. the most important question. Which friend do you most identify with? And why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, let's dig into actually the the show itself. The meat of it. Okay. See, and I think that this is hard because I think part of what's wonderful about friends is that you sort of see yourself in all of them, right? Though I feel like I most identify with Phoebe because she is sort of nonsensical. She's really funny. You know what I mean? She just kind of it. I don't. She's the mom, even though she's the most irresponsible, you know, because she's just sort of, sort of what you need. And she's got this magical, like, little, I don't know. She's, she's sort of like the fairy who, okay, there's a theory. Have you heard about the fan theory? Where the whole premise, like, that Friends takes place. Those are my neighborhood children. Friends takes place inside Phoebe's head and she's a homeless person. So that is like that's this, a, that's a fan fiction yeah like theory like a premise on, yes on the internet that that is like the real story behind Friends is that the entire story of Friends is that Phoebe is a homeless person and it takes place in her brain. So recently I've gone back and watched it thinking that and that actually kind of makes sense, but because <laughs> she's Why? nonsense because she is so nonsensical because she. She actually, like, she treats, she's the rudest, like, she is the most mean, she says the meanest stuff to each one of them, you know what I mean? She takes them to task, and she's the most brutally honest, yet she is also very loving and very sweet, and um, even when they're, like, all sort of spinning out of control, she's real folk, even though she's crazy, she's, like, the center, she's sort of the focus one, she's... The one you can come back to. Because you can always rely that she's going to be the most. Phoebe. And that's sort of why I relate to her. <laughs> and I don't relate to Rachel at all. I mean, I do relate to Rachel, but, you know, like, popular, cute little cheerleader girl, la la la. Not so much. Monica. I totally relate to Monica. Except Monica is a little OCD. Like, her competitiveness. But she's also way too OCD. I'm not super OCD. But, Yes. And Monica and her relationship with her brother. Love it. Love it. Rossi Poo. I, I, I faintly remember in the back of my brain mm -hmm. that before Friends came on, I saw Phoebe as a character in another TV show. Is that true? Not about you. Ursula. That is her twin sister, Ursula. And is that how Friends became Friends? Is that it was... No. Do you know the answer to this? No. I, it, it just seems like this is the OG. The, Phoebe's the OG of Friends, right? The connection is NBC. Yes. And the production company? 
I think so. Kaufman Crane or yes, whatever? Yes, Kaufman and Crane are the two there behind... What was that show? Mad About, Mad about You. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. And Paul and, Reiser. Yes. And Ursula is a waitress mm-hmm. at... I didn't watch that show. I don't know. Where, I wherever. Yeah. I was completely oh, obsessed. Really? <laughs> with um, really? Helen Hunt. And it's, it, was a, it was a boy thing. I was just... I had a crush. But, so did, is your... Even, yeah. The nope. question is this. Does your yes. friend's obsession um, extend to the extended friend's family? Like, did you did you follow them all into the movies, into their other shows? Yes, actually, I have. Because, yeah. And I never would have thought about that until right now, but I sure have. And <laughs> there are things that I think that are, like, for example, I don't think David Schwimmer is a really terrific actor. I mean, it's so funny to think about it. If you are ever listening David Trimmer, I'm terribly sorry. But anyway, but I think he's a fantastic director. Like, some of the things that he's done, um, I, yes, so I have absolutely. Matthew Perry, God bless him, I've enjoyed his shows, except for The Odd Couple, which I don't like. I love Jennifer Aniston. I'll watch anything that she's in, because she's a cool chick. Courtney Cox, I've loved everything that she has been in. Cougar Town was, again, a really good one. Yeah, totally have. The answer is yes. Thank you for helping me put that together. Oh, my God. Well, okay, and here's the thing, is that Lisa Kudrow, I think, is one of the best female comedic actresses. I think her comic timing, The Comeback, which is a show. I mean, it was so painful and so amazing and so wonderful. and, And she's... And that's part of why I love Phoebe so much. Because she'll just deliver these little lines and just get in there. And that is Lisa Kudrow knowing how to deliver that line and bringing it to that character. And I also think that that's part of the reason why Friends worked so much. Is that they were just truly a great ensemble cast. And they all played to their strengths. And, ugh, yeah. That's part of what I love, too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever bought anything for your apartment to replicate things in Friends? I have not, but I have bought Friends, like, paraphernalia. Like, I had a big Friends coffee mug once. That was my favorite mug, and then it broke. I had a Friends zip-up hoodie sweatshirt, which I bought from one of the first lot tours I did when I moved to Los Angeles was go to the WB lot, and I bought Friends gear there, and I wore that until it just died. So I have had different things, but no, I have not, like have, the door frame or anything, like the peephole cover. No, I've like, also like never had a peephole. You never, you never bought a monkey? Like, I need a monkey. No, no. never had Marcel. Marcel. No. My question is, because, you know, the generation below ours, so Ruth and I are 42-ish, Yes. give or take. Yes. You'd never know to look at us. Um, the generation right below ours, the 32-year-olds, are equally as obsessed with friends, even though they were... Like seven when yeah. the show came out. Why do you think it resonates with them as well? I think they were watching it at TV Land, and here is why I say this: because it's even even a slightly younger generation. Again, when I first moved here, ooh, so I was taking care of this family, um, and they had three wonderful kids, and they're all now like the youngest one that I. It's how I came to be with them because he went to school with my goddaughter. Um, he now just is a freshman in college. Boy. Um, but they were friends with Marta Kaufman, and they would go to friends tapings all the time, right? So I think that they watched that 
So they watched it too, even though they were young, like that age, because that's when Friends was finishing. So you have, they were in fifth and sixth grade, his oldest sister, right? So you have them that started watching it, but I feel like all of these other kids have now also been watching it on TV land, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's just such a part of their... Like, I Love Lucy, you know what I mean? Like, for us, I Love Lucy was around, and it was something that you turned on, that was on when you are after school, so I think that for these kids, growing up at the back end of it, and then having it immediately go into syndication, you know, and being a part of just the cultural phenomenon that it was, I think that that, that plays a part. But Definitely what is it about the story that resonates, do you think? Mm-hmm. What what? Why do people stick with it? Stick with friends because you can't identify with the apartment or their right. jobs or their even like their clothes because that's not attainable. But I think no. And honestly, when you really look at it, like there's the whole willful suspension of disbelief. There are certain things that you don't really want to pay attention to. Those of us that know New York know that that's a huge apartment and there's no way in hell that they were ever going to afford that and yes you can break it down like that so yeah but that doesn't change the fact that we all have a group of friends that you've all grown up with you know like these like so the characters in the show have known each other some since the you know our brother and sister clearly some since early childhood most you know some since college so we all can sort of relate to that and having your posse of friends still be friends and have this sort of communal life, you you know, in your early 20s and being fairly successful, like, that is kind of, you know, the dream of it all. Let's just keep, you know, high school going or, you know, let's just... So, yeah, I think that that's totally relatable. And it, again, is very comforting and homey. And you're like, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be great if I just lived with my best friend and dated my other best friend and we had, you know... Though it's also completely unrealistic if you think about that, you know, like, I mean, yes, I have a core group of, I think back on college, I had a core group of, you know, six to eight friends that were always together, they were always hanging out at my house, and we as a pack did things and in different circles, yet we also had a larger circle that was way more inclusive, you know, but then again, that doesn't make for a good 20 or 28 minute story Mm -hmm. on TV. Once a week. What episode do you think made you the most uncomfortable? Made me the most uncomfortable. Okay. Are the ones where Phoebe's real emotional. Like, um, Phoebe giving, you know, the triplets away. There's like a whole little thing where she's like, just ask if I can keep one. You know what I mean? Like those things make you sort of uncomfortable. And when she, when her little heartstrings are being pulled on, that does, um, uncomfortable. I don't know other than that. But I also don't like, in general, when, like, sitcoms are trying to be poignant. I want them just to be funny. You know, I realize everybody has a message or whatever, and I don't see this as a rule. But as a rule, I really want them just to be light and funny. So any of them that try to, like, really send a message, I'm like, come on, leave that to my drama. What are your favorite jokes? Um, usually they're just lines. And they're like... Yes. <laughs> well, all of the ones that you see on the memes, like, he's, you know, he's her lobster. 
um, Ms. Chenandler Bong, you know, from the episode where they're playing trivia, like all of those things. Yes. So, and those are relatable, but I find that my favorite, favorite moments are very subtle. Um, I always bring up Phoebe, so I'm going to give one to Ross, David Schwimmer. There's the episode where Monica and Chandler are trying to get pregnant, and they're doing it all over, and Chandler fakes it because he doesn't really think that he wants to get pregnant right now. And two times in that episode, Ross happens to be in the apartment when Monica says something completely inappropriate to say in front of your brother. And the second time, he's looking for a tie, and so... Chandler, like, delivers the blow, like, you know, I, you couldn't get pregnant because I faked it. And she was like, what? And all of a sudden, the camera cuts to Ross, and he was like, uh, I, I, I don't really need a tie. You know, it's just like the way he delivers it. It's not really a joke, but it's such a perfect moment. You're like, yeah! So those are really my favorites. I mean, in addition to all the classics. <laughs> so if somebody has never watched Friends, Mm-hmm. that's you know living under a rock or maybe they're just younger where would you start them like how if you wanted to help someone go into your obsession world mm-hmm. how, how would you get them there um interesting so Angelina had actually asked a while ago because she was never a huge fan of friends she didn't watch it religiously And she was doing something, and she put up on Facebook, she's like, okay, I feel like I really just need to get into Friends and watch some of the best, you know, and try to figure it out. Where do I begin, is what she said. And what I say, um, uh, Friends has a Thanksgiving thing. I mean, you know, all TV shows have their holiday shows, but Friends Thanksgiving episodes are like a thing. And so I say any Thanksgiving episode of Friends, if you're new to Friends, you can just start and just watch the Thanksgiving episode from each season, and that will be a good little snippet, you know? Um, Also, clearly in the three-episode arc that I said, though that does sort of give it all away, so maybe I shouldn't suggest that to people that are new, because you kind of want to get... But everybody knows! Like, that's the thing, is that people that haven't watched Friends... You, you sort of, like, know, like, you know about the She's Your Lobster and the Ross and Rachel and how it all ends up. So, yeah. So maybe I would suggest then that three-episode arc in season eight. Um, and hands down, like, the funniest, I mean, of all of the Thanksgiving episodes, the one with Brad Pitt is really hilarious and it's one of my favorites. Again, just of all time. Like, that's one of the best Which is the one where he ends up with the turkey on his head? Oh, that is a flashback episode. That is... Uh, uh, one of the Thanksgivings is like a Thanksgiving flashback. So what they do is they just flash back to Thanksgivings that haven't actually been on the air, but is just like different Thanksgivings in time before. Uh-huh. And so that is in... I think that might be season seven where Monica and Chandler are engaged. Uh-huh. And they're going back because they're revealing things that had happened. Like Monica had cut off... Chandler's toe on accident way back. She's like, we don't want to go there. Yeah. Man. God, it's such a good show. <laughs> so, do you think the show will survive the test of time? You think that 30, 40 years from now... It'll somebody... be like an I Love Lucy? Yeah. Does it feel that way to you, or is it... It does, actually. I think. I think it stands up though maybe not because you have like 
the Andy Griffith show, things that do do this. Leave it to Beaver, you know, things that kids still watch and that are on TV. Yeah, no, I do. I think it will. I mean, it might not be as heady, and it might not always deliver those same, you know, it might not get so poignant and deliver an impactful message, but I think it does still resonate. Does, does your love grow for the show as you watch it more and more, or do you think mm-hmm. you've plateaued? No, it grows more and more. Is there, in your mind, is there a, a line that's too far? <laughs> Will I cross the friend's line? No, no, and here's the thing, so I I take all those quizzes, which friend are you, you know, where would you have lived, like, who would have been your perfect friend, so I take those quizzes, and I'm not a person who takes quizzes online, but if it's a friend's one, I'm gonna take it, Gilmore Girls too, but friends, yeah, it's crazy, it's, no, I don't think I can cross the line with friends. Mm-mm. A tattoo? Mm-hmm. Nah, that would be crossing the line. Yep, you're totally right. I would not get a friend's tattoo. No. Uh, you're, you're, you're asking yourself in your head. I, your, your eyes are moving. Yeah. Would, would you actually? No. Would you get a quote? No, I don't think I would get a quote. Though, I would... I don't... That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, because I'm also a tattoo fan, I'm a tattoo fan. So I feel like there are ways to get a tattoo that are a nod to, or that perhaps would incorporate something that if you looked at it, nobody would ever be like, oh, that's a friend's tattoo. Would I do that? I maybe would not put it past myself to do that. (laughs) You wouldn't get an entire, like, Phoebe sleeve. No. what you're saying. You would just stop at that. No. No, I would not get a Phoebe sleeve. But, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah, no, I wouldn't get a Phoebe sleeve. (sighs) But I don't know. Like, if something came up and it were the right thing, I... (laughs) Because here's what I'm thinking about. I love you, Ruth. I I, love you. Here's what I'm thinking about. My friend and I happen to be listening to the Banana Pancake song by Jack Johnson quite a bit over the course of one really fun weekend. And so now, every he, every time we hear Banana Pancakes, we hear the song, I see a stack of them, I'm eating Banana Pancakes, we always sh- share that with each other. And I literally found this cute little cartoon, like, stack of Banana Pancakes. I'm like, oh, I would totally get this tattoo. So that's why I say... Something ridiculous, like, no, I'd never get a Friends tattoo, but then something stupid like that happens, and I'm just that sentimental, and I do love Friends, and I do also love tattoos, so I would not put it past myself to do something. Never say never! (laughs) This is a perfect place to stop this moment. Um, Thank you for your confession. Yes. All is forgiven. This is fun. I feel really good. I appreciate it. Okay. I'm going to put Friends back on. Chapter 2. In every episode of Geekin' Out, I see if I can trade one thing I've discovered with one thing that my guest has discovered. A friendly exchange. I call it Trade Okay, so this part of the podcast is called Trade Ya. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, every guest that's on, we kind of turn each other on to something that we've just discovered that we're, we like. Okay. Doesn't have to be big. Doesn't have to be a something you get a tattoo of. <laughs> <laughs> But I love that that's where that went. Yeah. Um, so, and, I, and I'll start just to give you time to think think of something. Okay. Um, 
I'm actually, it's on my body right now. These shoes. Have you ever seen these shoes? No, but they're really cute. Okay, these things are called Allbirds. All right. All right? And um, they're made of wool. Sweet. And so it's, they're a sock. With they're supposed sole? to be worn without socks. So the shoe itself is also a sock. Get out. And it's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S, Allbirds. And they come in different colors, men and women. And that is the most comfortable shoe. Now, I don't know if they're, you know, like, I don't know if they're great for me, but it's like flip-flops with a sock on it. That's awesome. Well, okay, because... And I don't know where you buy them. I got them online. That's amazing. Your shoe game is always strong, though. Shoe game is strong with me, but but this is particularly good because I know you. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I've found out with these shoes is that um, you just put them in the washing machine and you wash them and you leave them out to dry overnight and they're dry and they're awesome again the next day. I love that. I'm going to have to look at those because yeah. I was actually shoe shopping earlier today. Um, and they look, they look like they're structured tennis shoes. Yeah, they really do. when you touch them, you're like, oh my gosh, that's a sweatshirt. Yeah, they're really soft and they're breathable. And yep. even if your feet stink, you can throw them in the wash. Exactly. My, my feet do not stink. My feet stink. <laughs> so that would be great for me. And I like flip-flops plus, if that's true. There you go. Say. Yeah, no, those are really cute. All right. Um, here's what I'm going to offer. And I'm going to offer it. It's not necessarily new to me, but I find that I suggest it to people more often than anything else that I suggest. And it's an app, Buzz Marketing, here you go. It's an app called TurboScan. When I bought it years ago, it was 99 cents. I think now, because I've told so many people over the course of time that they need it, it might be two ninety nine. Um, but literally, it's the best thing you can fax and scan and do everything and store important documents in your phone, and it's not just in your photos. And that way, like, literally, I was... I had to go to FedEx Kinko's because I had to drop something off at FedEx. And there was a woman there who was going to fax something. Um, you know what I mean? Because she had the document and she didn't know and she had an iPhone. And they literally said, okay, I understand why you're here and all, but check out the app called TurboScan and you'll never have to come here again. You can do it all on your phone. <laughs> and she was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah. I was like, because you can just take a picture of it on your phone. You create a document. I said, you can just do it all right there. It's two ninety nine. You only ever have to pay for it once and you never have to come back. And she's like, thanks so much. And I, it, it's again. TurboScan. TurboScan. Yeah. I need this. You really do. You really do. Yep. And I do things, I find like, because I'm an assistant, this is on the tail of that, like important documents that I need to have at a moment's notice, like my boss's insurance card or a copy of her passport or something that I might need really quickly just to email somebody to get her something. I also keep those. Oh, man. Now if somebody listens to this podcast and steals my phone. <laughs> but I also keep those secret documents that I don't want, if anybody were to pick up my phone. They just can't find those. Exactly. Oh, you would awesome. have to know. So it's like a secret place to store important stuff. I love this. Mm-hmm. I accept. All right. Boom. Terrible I like scan. it. Look at that. They should endorse you. They really should. Seriously, I recommend it at least once a month, not and to random huh. strangers who aren't even looking for a recommendation. <laughs> 
I'm just let me save you time. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so glad. I love your place. This is like a joyous thing. As uh, oh, the brown there cat is. is on the episode behind my shoulder. Let's see. Yeah. It's so great. Boy, there's a lot of '90s centric style in yeah. this show. Oh, the chunky shoes, and maybe that's also why I relate to Phoebe because her style was sort of, you know. She's a hippie at heart. I kind of feel like I'm a hippie. Wait, was Brad Pitt married to Jennifer Aniston during this part? Yes, ma'am. But he was dating Monica on the show? No, they were old. They both used to be fat in high school, right? And then they bumped into each other. And she invites him over for whatever. And that's why Rachel doesn't remember him. Because he was, okay. Because he was nothing And she didn't pay attention to the fat people in high school like Monica. Or Ross, because Ross was a dweeb. Well, yeah. Well, he and Ross had the I hate... Rachel fan club. I don't remember this, but you do. I can't say it, but it's then they also refer to the fact that there was one other kid, an exchange student, but he didn't know why he was a member. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good episode. That's what I'm saying. Ruth Bennett, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Chapter three, me geeking out on music. TV theme songs. Today, I want to talk about TV theme songs. I love them. When I was about 14, I wanted to learn to play the bass. And I asked my mentor, Doug, at the local music store, what is the best way to learn to play bass? And he told me, go sit in front of the TV and learn the bass lines to primetime TV show themes. (laughs) I realized that there was no way that I was going to sit in front of the TV with a bass amp and get along with my parents at the same time. So... I learned this weird trick that if I put the side of my head against the body of the bass, I could hear it through my skull and not bother anybody. So I started to learn to play bass from the TV. Shows like Barney Miller. Or Sanford and Son. Or the Jeffersons. Well, we're moving on Since then, I've always paid attention to the music that starts a show. A melody, a rhythm, a lyric that immediately takes me to the show that it's from. I, I can't even separate them anymore. Let's play a game. For instance, guess this one. Or this one. Or even this. I couldn't help myself thinking about my conversation with Ruth and how I remember being in the Atlantic Records office in mid-1994 waiting on our Billy Pilgrim record to come out and digging through the CD closet where we would get free copies of albums by other artists on the same label. And I picked up a Rembrandt's album. And I remember, and my memory needs to be judged on a curve of a 23-year-old in New York probably hung over. But I remember someone saying, they are probably going to get dropped from the label. Things aren't selling like they used to on this band. 
I wasn't familiar with their music, but within a few months, their song was the theme song for Friends. And I can imagine everything changed for them probably forever. I was proud every time a Billy Pilgrim song made it onto a TV show. We had songs in Baywatch and Melrose Place and even my so-called life. I'm very proud of that. But we never had a theme song. As Sugarland started to get wings and then kind of lift off, I kept it in the back of my mind, a dream to one day write a TV theme song. <laughs> I would take a stab at almost anything. Um, I'm going to play you some of these. Uh, here, we took a swing at a theme song for Chelsea Handler's talk show, thinking that Jennifer and I would write a melody that was super catchy, but with irreverent lyrics, just like Chelsea. Chelsea lately. So she didn't use it, obviously, but we thought it was awesome. <laughs> Next, my brother Brandon and I got a shot at writing a theme song to a new animated show for Disney called Wander Over Yonder, and they wanted a science fiction jug band feel. <laughs> and uh, so we decided to use crazy noisemakers and traditional toy instruments, and I wrote some crazy lyrics and even sang in a character voice. <laughs> well, they used our theme at Comic-Con the year that they presented the pilot, but the company eventually picked another option when it went to air. It was a near miss, but it was awesome. This is it. As you might imagine, because, of course, the world works in the strangest ways, I finally got a theme song. But mostly it was an accident. <laughs> I was asked to be on a show about wedding dress shopping called Say Yes to the Dress. And while there, um, I met the producer who mentioned music for the show, and I immediately raised my hand and offered... So we agreed I would take a shot at a song, maybe to just anchor the episode that I was going to appear on. I went home the next afternoon uh, back to Atlanta and wrote a song for her and I sent it and I got worried that I hadn't heard back from her. Maybe she didn't like it. Maybe it was the wrong vibe or the wrong feel, but I come to find out a week later that she actually loved it and wondered if it could be the theme song for the show. And I said, of course. It's called Forever Now. Kiss me now. Feel my heart beat. And take me down in white and marry me. Start. 
fast forward to last weekend and I'm getting my hair cut down the street and the lady cutting my hair is covered in awesome tattoos. Like both sleeves, across her chest, she has pink hair. She's seven times cooler than I will ever be. And she starts talking, you know, the way hairdressers do when you don't talk back to them. And she confessed that yesterday she had stayed in all day watching a Say Yes to the Dress marathon. And I started to smile. And then I started laughing. (laughs) She thought I was laughing at her addiction maybe to the show. And I apologized and said, it's not you. It's it's totally me. (laughs) I actually wrote and sing the theme song to that show. And she she was like, no, are you kidding? Forever now? Oh my God. (laughs) Really? Can we take a picture? Uh, You know, when I'm finished cutting your hair? And of course I said, yes. And, uh, she has no idea that I have a country band or before that I had a rock band. She just knows this song because it's her favorite show. So next time you click on Netflix or Hulu or turn on the TV and a show starts, pay attention to the music that you hear. Look up who wrote it. Enjoy the deep dive on the soundtrack just below the story. You never know what you might find. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Geeking Out, and we are already hard at work on the next one. Are you obsessed with something amazing? Want to tell us about it? Write to us at geekingoutwithkb at gmail.com, and you might be a guest on an upcoming episode. Come find out more about me and this podcast at christianbush.com. Christian with a K, people. Follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Christian Bush on Instagram, Christian Bush on Facebook, and Christian M. Bush on Snapchat. Thanks to Bobby Bones for the opportunity to make this podcast, Brandon Bush for making the soundtrack and assembling the pieces, Tom Tapley for audio wizardry, and Whitney Pastrick for being a great producer and making this whole thing possible. This is Christian Bush, geeking out. Thank you for listening. Oh,